The following is a presentation of AOW Productions. This program contains adult content. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed by the host of this program do not necessarily state or reflect those of this station or its management. Bringing you controversy at its best with uncensored music, comedy, and political discussion. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Outlaw Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Outlaw Radio for the 18th of December, 2021. I'm your host, Bad Billy, and we are only one week away to Christmas Day. Yes, indeed. Got a great show lined up for you. Um, Really quick, uh, before I get into the details of tonight's show, you might be thinking we're not going to have a show next week. Uh, Yes, yes, I'm still... Still going to put on a show next week because uh, I haven't done a Christmas special yet on Christmas Day. Everything, of course, being pre-recorded, it's a lot easier to do that. So with that said, got a great show lined up for you in just a little bit. You're going to hear an interview that I recorded with Jake Shear of New Medicine. Yes, they're out of Nashville. Bouncing between Nashville and Las Vegas, so yes, uh, hey, this is a fantastic group, Um, I love their music, and uh, yeah, had a great conversation with Jake Shear. In the second hour, I'm speaking with uh, Brett Sessoms out of Mississippi, of course, him and I talk a little bit about uh, the world finally taking out some of the trash. We have an interesting conversation about that. Before I get to any of that, I want to cue uh, one of the songs by New Medicine. This is called Fire Up the Night. And I'll be back with the interview with Jake right after this. And we go a little something like this. Hit it. Now, from a rented basement, because Bad Billy's mom threw him out, it's Outlaw Radio. Woo-hoo. I just want to say something, you right? Hear me out now. Hear me out. It was quarter past two when I started feeling blue. And if I tell the truth, I was thinking about you. You left a little scar and I wonder where you are. To my car and I'm headed to the bar I'm listening to the lonely boy In a lonely world And this I know is true I close my eyes and I find you And the dirty little things we do In the middle of the night When I dream again you And my head 
knocking on the door I make a bed for more As I bring you to the floor Cause you can scream it all thrill seeker rocking out to the station i hear you you're probably even sipping on a drink right now an average blah blah drink in a can or bottle one that doesn't quite hit the spot for you i'll bet you want something different don't you something more take your shot with cold cock whiskey the best whiskey anywhere why because it's different from other liquors cold cock whiskey is herbal whiskey 100 all natural herbs blended with aged american whiskey no more morning after sugar hangovers from other liquors. With Cold Cock's blend of herbs, including green tea, hibiscus, ginger, eucalyptus, and more, you'll be in herbal heaven. Cold Cock Whiskey, available at spirit stores and distributors America-wide. Find one near you at coldcockwhiskey.com. Follow Cold Cock Whiskey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Celebrate those special moments with friends. Raise your glass. Take your shot. You must be 21 or older to drink Cold Cock Whiskey. Please drink responsibly. Because there are some people out there who need practical advice. And yes, I'm talking about you. Wisdom beyond value from the desk of Mr. Holland. If your parachute doesn't deploy, don't worry. You have the rest of your life to try and fix it. Mr. Holland, Mr. Holland, over here, over here. Ma'am, ma'am, please keep it in your pants. I love America. Nothing bad happens here. I blindly follow my president, my hero, my ruler. His beliefs are my beliefs. His God is my God. I love America. Nothing bad happens here. 
I blindly follow my president, my hero, my ruler. His beliefs are my beliefs. His God is my God. What would America be like without freedom of speech? This message is brought to you by the NAB Education Foundation and the Broadcast Education Association. So you go into your sporting goods or firearms store to get that gun and ammunition you've been wanting to buy, only to find out that the store doesn't have it. Worse yet, the shelves are bare. They're empty. Ugh. Well, that's why there's GunBroker.com. You want it? GunBroker.com's got it. Guns, gun parts, ammo, ammo storage, reloading equipment, binoculars, scopes, sights. Did I mention guns? Pistols, rifles, handguns, shotguns, machine guns, paintball guns, archery supplies, tools, jewelry, watches, even musical instruments and gear. Yes, GunBroker.com has those too. I'm telling you, they have it all. There are even auctions where you can bid on certain items. The folks at GunBroker.com know their stuff. They've been in business for over 20 years with over 6 million happy registered users. Why not become one of them? GunBroker.com. Go there. Check it out. Register today. It's 100% free. GunBroker.com. GunBroker.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to announce that Outlaw Radio officially has affiliated with My Patriot Supply. Are you prepared for the next unplanned emergency? As we speak, inflation is rising and the grocery store shelves are stocked less and less every day. The time to prepare is now. Go to www.outlawradioabs.com, visit the store section, and click on the My Patriot Supply banner and purchase yourself some buckets of delicious gourmet food with a 25-year shelf life. You can also purchase other essential supplies you can use during times of unplanned emergencies. Supplies such as the Alexa Pure water filtration system, first aid and medical supplies, solar power supplies, and much more. Again, go to www.outlawradioabs.com. Visit the store section and click on the My Patriot Supply banner. Don't be left in the dark. Get yourself and your family prepared for the next unplanned emergency today. I'm Nick, and you're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we say what the fuckity fuck we want. No exceptions. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard Fire Up the Night by New Medicine, and it is my pleasure to welcome Jake Shear to the show. Jake, how you doing, brother? Doing great, man. Doing great. All Thanks right. for having me. Hey, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you very much. So, um... For those who are uh, not familiar with New Medicine, even though you guys have been around for a little while and you got a, you got an impressive bio, uh, why don't you give the listeners a bit of background, tell them uh, about yourself, about the band a little bit. Yeah, we uh, started in 2009, and uh, we had been playing around Minneapolis, where I'm from. Well, I'm not from Minneapolis, but I'm from around that area, um, just outside, small town outside of Minneapolis. But uh, started a band in high school, kept going right after high school, and about a year after I was graduated, we had really gotten serious about writing and, and uh, recording our own stuff and putting demos out and playing shows. And uh, somehow we got on tour with Candlebox. And on that tour with Candlebox, we got a record deal in New York City with uh, Atlantic Records. And um, we put out a record out and our first single went to like 30, but then we had a hit with a song called Racy to the Bottom that Octane was spinning a bunch. And, uh, so we had a hit on terrestrial radio as well at that. And, um, and then we signed another record deal after that. We toured, we got to tour with tons of people like disturbed and Avenged sevenfold and 
Hollywood Undead, Chevelle, Papa Roach, Puddle of Mud, uh, any of those bands you can think of. Um, and we really cut our teeth on the road and made a lot of fans. And then um, we signed another record deal with Imagine Records. Um, Morgan Rose from the band Seven Dust kind of brought us over there. And we signed another record deal with them. And we made the record Breaking the Model. We put that record out. And um, at the time, we just the band was a little bit... We put the record out, but... We were just worn out. We went on tour again. We started touring the record, but we just had just internal stuff and just felt like we needed to take a break. So we took a break, but in the last five, six years since that record came out, all of a sudden Spotify and all of our fans started listening to music and it started going viral. And and uh, in the last five years, we've had 100 million streams of our songs now. And so early on in the beginning of the pandemic i decided man i want to make some more new medicine music and so i started putting out more songs and so that that brings me to where we're at today yes yes so wow your resume of who at least who you have toured with is quite impressive i must say yeah it was very fun I all the shows i remember yes so um you mentioned uh, just up, up until uh Right around 2020, when all this crap started, um, yeah, <laughs> um, you know, and obviously that pretty much plants everybody in their home, and uh, I, I got my own opinions about it, but <laughs> mm, agreed. Yeah, but um, you know, obviously it, it really put a damper. I mean, just just put a horrible horrible dent, I should say, in the. Uh, entertainment industry but uh for you what are the positives you think you could take out of the whole covid experience well i was able to just reevaluate stop for a second you know i'm a songwriter and a producer now or songwriter for other artists where um about five years ago after the band broke up i had started writing country songs rock songs doesn't matter what it was but just writing songs and producing records for other artists and so i was doing that a ton and i kind of lost track of Hey, what about my projects? You know what I mean? And what about new medicine? Like we took a break from it because I was worn out with it, but I had time to reflect and I kind of started digging in and I had the time finally to reevaluate, to say what's important to me and what do I want to say? And so, um, one of my co-writers and I and co-producers on this song, uh, Kevin Kadish and I, we wrote die trying and we put the song out, uh, probably March, April, we wrote it right at the beginning, finished it, and put it out. And, um, you know, a year and a half later, that song's been streamed three or four million times now. And I'm like, this is incredible. Um, so it was a big blessing for that to be able to reevaluate and refocus. Yeah. And it wasn't too long ago, too, that uh, you you released a song with a very, very catchy, catchy name, uh, Fuck It. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah, I sure did. <laughs> Uh, ring a bell for sure. <laughs> uh, so, so what was what was uh, what was what was uh, the motivation behind that song? I gotta ask. Man, I I mean, yeah, I, I feel like I just speak like that's that's how I speak. You know what I mean? Like that's I'm I have a, I'm a colorful guy, so uh, that's how I would say it. And so we were uh, again. It was another COVID. I had one of my friends that I wrote "Fire Up the Night" with Carl, one of my best friends from high school. We just have always written songs together. I said, dude, if you got nothing to do, come down to Nashville. And uh, I have a studio at my house. And so we started writing it. And I just immediately started grabbing the guitar, started recording it. And I play all the instruments. So I started playing drums and bass and all that and kind of started making the track. 
And I started singing those lyrics over it. Just say, fuck it. Because <laughs> it was the pandemic, dude. You know what I mean? It was like, fuck it. And so uh, that's how that song was born. And I was like, oh, we probably shouldn't say that, huh? And then I thought, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> and so that's what the song is. And uh, it's been a favorite. It's getting more streams today than it's ever gotten. It's just been growing and growing and growing. And um, I'm, I'm super stoked about it. You know, I, I got to tell you, the madness of what 2020 was, you know, and obviously we're not out of the woods yet. It, I mean, there's still, it's still a little bit better than uh, it was a year ago, I must say, even though this yeah, uh, Om- yeah, Omnicron, yeah. Omnicron bullshit, that's uh, the, the least lethal mm-hmm. form there is and all that, you know. Um, I know, I know, it's terrible. <laughs> but, it's like, uh, we just want to go back to work. Yeah, I mean. Let's go play shows. I mean, just I don't know how to some. I don't know how um, how my buddy Gordy did it, but he managed to pull off a three day festival right here in this right here in this area in twenty twenty, and, and uh, that's you, awesome. Yeah, he, you know, he had it set up for social distancing, hand sanitizing was everywhere, and um, you know, but of course when the uh, Main acts hit the stage like uh, Chris Jansen. Nobody was social distancing, and uh, you want to know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You want to know how many uh, confirmed cases of COVID we had come from that event? How many? Zero. Goose egg. <laughs> there you go. I ended up catching. Exactly. I ended up catching COVID like what uh, about four months later after that. So. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's. It, it, most people are probably going to get it at some point and probably be fine. So, you know, yeah, I, I got to move on and live life at some point, you know, and th- and that, that's what you're, you, you said it right on, uh, uh, hit the nail right on the head there too. Cause you know, I'm in Idaho and Idaho's, uh, you know, the shape of the state of Idaho is like an L and that's what they had t-shirts at that event. Uh, that said living and it's, t- it's time that's to, right. And the promoter Gordy said, "It's time to stop just existing and to start living again." Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yep. And and with living comes risks. You got to be willing to take, and I'm willing to take them, and I'm willing to go in my car, and I'm, you know, I'm willing to drive my car down the road, and I might get the car crash. You know what I mean? It might happen. You know. <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. I might smoke a cigar, and that might kill me. But you know what? I'm going to take that risk. So. Oh no! I'd probably load a little weed in that cigar myself, but that's me. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but I mean, I want once I saw you know you have a song called "Fuck It," it's like that's the first one I got to listen to. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, people like that one because it's just being honest, you know. Yeah. I ain't sugarcoating it on that one, so. But uh, you're also uh, one, another one too, and another one called "Own It" with uh, Adelius Way, and you've uh, you actually yep. got the opportunity to work with them. How did that opportunity come about? Well, it's funny you should say that because I'm actually out in Las Vegas right now, making a record with them right now. Yeah, uh, we're writing some new stuff right now. But um, it, it came because uh, I used to open up for them. You know, New Medicine opened up for them for a while. When we, when we were first coming out, we opened up together, and then we did some tours together. And uh, when the band was kind of done, I was taking a break from New Medicine, and uh, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And Rick was like, man, I really like your tracks and your, you know, your writing. Why don't you come out to Vegas, and let's try to write some stuff. And 
that started and we had a song called Notorious that got yeah, 40 million streams. And then we, we wrote another one called Still Hungry. And we started putting these songs out that Rick and I wrote together for Adelaide's Way. And then finally, I was like, man, I'm really, I'm bringing new medicine back. Like we might want to write a song together. We both be on the song. Let's just collaborate because for some reason in rock, people collaborate a lot less and there's no competition there. It's like, we're just, we're making music together. So we, we, we see it as only benefit for both of us. And, uh, and we had fun doing it. We, we love that their band and they, you know, we, we used to tour together. And so we got to do a video out here in Vegas together. And, uh, it was very fun. And that song's got, uh, 1.5 million streams already, you know? And so it's just been, it's been great. And, uh, it was super fun to, to create with a band that you used to open up for. You know what? I, I lived in Las Vegas from 2008 up to 2013 and, it was in that time frame I discovered the existence of Adelaide's Way, but I had no idea they were from Vegas until after I had already moved, mind you. Mm. That's funny. Well, yeah, you know, Rick, the singer, is from Philly originally, but they live out here. They're based out here. So yeah. I think the whole band's inception was out here, and, you know. Yeah. No, what, I, what I remember most is them doing that song for WWE. Absolutely. Invincible. <laughs> Yes. Huge. You know, Huge you, song. and you, you said something important there too. It's and I, and I don't think anybody's ever really touched on that on my show is that, uh, you know, it's like you, you said, there's not a lot of collaboration anymore, but there, but there's no competition. There really shouldn't be any competition. You know, I mean, obviously there's, they have these things called battle of the bands and all that. I, I understand <laughs> yeah, yeah. that, but, uh, yeah. you know, and that's the only time you really should be competitive. Otherwise, you try to be competitive, trying to race it to the top faster than anyone else. And I think you'll just end up destroying yourself and, and uh, disappointing your bandmates. Yeah, I mean, there's no, uh, it's music, man. So it's, it's like, you can have your band and we can have our band. That's great. You know, it's, you know, I'm not jealous of like, yeah, sure. Does Imagine Dragons have more fans than my band? Yeah, of course they do. But like, but my band still has a lot of fans, which is great. So everybody wins. It's all good. And I just think it's overlooked. When you look at hip-hop, all of those guys, Drake and whoever, who are the biggest streaming artists in the world, they're constantly, I'm on your song. You're on my song. I'm going to do a collaboration with you. And that just helps in these days of living where music is not always about the radio now. It's about algorithms and it's about, hey, what are your fans like? Do you like Adelaide's Way? You might like New Medicine. Well, you know, they got a million and a half monthly listeners and we have six or 700,000. So now all of a sudden together we have 2 million when we put a song out. So that just only helps everybody win. And, and I think some people are short-sighted about that. And, uh, and I think we made a great song together. So I'm, I'm proud of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't had a chance to listen yet, but uh, oh, I'll get yep. there. I'll get there. For sure. Plenty of time. <laughs> yes. Yes. So uh, you're out in Vegas. It's the holiday season. You're actually out in Vegas right now when it's it's the best time of year to be there, mind you, when it, it's not so damned hot, you know. Uh, yeah, it's right. It's not so hot. It's actually pretty chilly here I mean, for, for Vegas. It's been like 35, 40 at night. So, you know, oh, pretty, pretty chilly for Vegas, but, but, um, oh, the first, but during the day it's still been 50, you know. Uh, no, first winter I was there, it snowed. So <laughs> yeah. Tell yeah, you something yeah, right yeah. there. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Because so. I mean, Vegas has this reputation for being what 120 degrees, but uh, 
people don't know there is a winter time there and it can get cold. And it's gotten yep, very exactly. It's gotten yep, very cold exactly. there. So uh, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know it can for sure. But I, yeah, I enjoy it out here and it's inspiring city and fun and it's a good energy out here, so we have fun. Yes, yes. They still they still uh, having you mask up though where uh, wherever you go pretty much. Yeah, downstairs it's weird. It's cuz you know, it's it's so strange cuz you know, you go into a restaurant and then you can take it off and you can be drinking a beer, you can have it off, you can smoke a cigarette and have it off, but it's a little they're not quite as crazy as they were, but you, you they they do tell you put your mask on, put your mask on and uh it's weird coming from Nashville where there's no mask anywhere. You don't have to have them anywhere. You can choose to wear one if you want, but no one's going to give you any shit if you don't. And so then when you come here and then they'll say, hey, put a mask on. Then I'm like, oh, okay, sorry. You know? Oh, yeah, that's, that's the way it is here, too, in, in Idaho is that uh, it's your choice. Of, well, at least where I'm at, Boise's been up and down, but uh, at least where I'm at, you don't have to wear it if you don't want to. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Should be your choice. Yeah, <laughs> yes. But... Um, but uh, so it obviously working with Adelia's way before, but uh, is this really um, how long have you, have you been to, uh, in Vegas recording? Um, I just been here for a few days this trip, but we kind of come back and forth. He'll he'll come to Nashville, and then I'll go there, or, and I'll go here to Vegas, and and uh, we kind of just do a song at a time, and and uh, we don't take off too much at once, so we're not. I, I think it's good to give each song focus, and so we spend three, four days on one here and then he'll come to Nashville and we'll look at it again and add stuff to it. And, you know what I mean? Just slowly chip away at it. You know, something I, w- I want to ask you too, since you already mentioned you're originally from uh, Minnesota is um, when, when I first uh, st- started this show, I was actually living uh, up in Northeast Ohio. And uh, whereas I, I don't miss the, uh, winter time up there boy that was brutal i don't but i miss the community that i uh, lived in and the local music scene was just the best the, the richest i had ever seen you know the talent that uh, that i seen out of out of that whole midwest area you know probably stretching from iowa out to western pa but in your opinion what is it about that midwest region why why do you think the uh, local music scene is always so rich out there well i think uh part of it has got to be that you know art usually when there's struggle and you know i don't know just pain and struggle and you know working hard and when when things aren't all perfect and so like even in minnesota where you're inside in the winter it's freezing and I think the best art comes out of those kind of struggles. Cause you're like, man, I'm frustrated. I'm going to go, you know, take it out on my guitar, write all this music. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's something to do with some of that. You know what I mean? If everything in your life is just perfect and gravy, that doesn't make the best art. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and so I think that might have something to do with it. I don't, I don't know. It, it's interesting. Yeah. You don't, you hear certain things out of certain places, right. Where in Texas, you might hear a lot more country, you know, I don't know. Cause they got cows everywhere and that's what they listen to. And, but up, I don't know, in the Midwest, they're rock and roll, and, and uh, there's a lot of struggle in, in, in life. you got to work hard, and winters are cold, and, you know, just that, maybe. <laughs> yes, yes. And I don't think genre matters very much, too, because, I mean, like I said, when I was in Ohio, I mean, I mean, yeah, I think most of it might have been rock and metal, but, uh, you know, I mean, there's a 
there's a lot of country going oh, no. there, but yeah, and, and Minnesota's got a huge hip hop scene. You know, there's yeah. a band called Atmosphere, and they were in Minneapolis, and they were huge. They had a whole label, and they still do. They're still huge. You know, that's a big scene up there. You know, oh um, yeah, but makes makes for great music. You know, we got Prince and Bob Dylan out of there, so yeah, and uh, oh, there's there's actually quite quite a bit out of Minnesota that people don't realize. Yeah, you said Prince. I mean, uh, got. Those two, those two, yeah, those two movies that that Prince was in, you know, featured uh, Morris Day, and he's out of Minnesota too. So, yep, exactly. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, huge producers out of Minnesota. Um, it's 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 a great, rich music scene up there as well. I'm I'm lucky I, I grew up there. But you know what else has just changed so much too is I mean a lot of people think uh, used to think you know if they're going to make it big. They have to go to Los Angeles, and they have to go to New York. You know, I mean, one of those two places. Now, it, I mean, this digital age that we live in, it doesn't matter where you're at, and it's it's a lot easier to get your sound out there. Yeah, absolutely. the 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 level the the, the playing field's been leveled a lot by that. By you know, technology catching up so much where you can make a record in your bedroom, you know, um, and you can just up press upload, and it's on everyone's phone in the world, you know. So that's, that's been amazing. And that's been amazing for me because, um, I'm able to put songs out whenever I want and it's directly to my fans. And, um, yeah, there's just a lot less, um, red tape to go through. You know what I mean? You just, and it, it makes it, um, the connection to our fans is it's, it's awesome. It's, it's awesome to just not have to compete. I don't have to be on the radio to get to my fans. I just go on Spotify, put the song on there and they can hear it. You know? Exactly. And not only that too, but if you got a station that uh, you used to listen to, now you just tune in online wherever you're at. Exactly, you can just tune in online, and and that's been great. It's, it's just is um, that kind of stuff, and and uh, yeah, location. I mean, I don't know. It's, it, the world has shrunk now that with technology, you know. You know, it's funny you say that because somebody else uh, said a couple weeks ago the internet has made the world a lot smaller. For sure. For sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're one. You're one little click away, and you got a flight, and all of a sudden you're in Vegas. Yes, and uh, and so I I gotta ask you that you're in um, you're you're between uh, you're basically based out of Nashville, right? For the most part. Yep, I am. Yep, yep, I live there. Yep. So you ever get a chance to go uh, go uh, about a hundred miles west and go into Memphis because that's where I lived in Tennessee. You ever get get a chance to perform out there? Oh yeah, yeah. I played. I played there with Shine Down one time. Um, I played there. I probably played there four or five times. I think I actually played there with Adelita's Way, and we played there with Shine Down one time at the Minglewood Hall or something like that. Um, and then we played an uproar tour there with the Ben Sevenfold, I believe. And uh, yeah, it's not far down the road, two three hours, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I lived there for a short period of time, but. Uh... Bill Street Barbecue and and some good old blues. That's what I remember best. Hell yeah, one of those two things, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, looking uh, into your proverbial crystal ball and looking into the future, uh, what's uh, what's uh, can we look forward to coming from New Medicine coming up uh, soon? Man, you're gonna have more songs. I think there might be a new song out as early as January, February, and. I think four or five new songs this year, at least maybe an album. I don't know if I, if I feel like the songs are there, I never want to put stuff out just to put 
songs out. You know, I got to feel like I love it and it it speaks to me and that'll speak to my audience, speak to my audience. Um, we've been in talks with my agent about us playing some shows this summer, getting back on the road, which would be very fun. Haven't played a show in five or six years of new medicine. And so there's a lot of fans on our site, just begging us to start playing again. And, you know, we just might do it. So, um, we're looking into some dates and some festivals have been talking to us and, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where that leads, you know? Absolutely. Um, since the last time we played shows, we've all of a sudden gained 500,000 listeners and a hundred million streams. And so it might be, it might look a lot different now. And so, um, you know, when we first started on the road, we were sleeping in a van, you know, and, uh, things are different now. And so we're excited to kind of get back out there and see what it looks like. Now talk about, uh, your, uh, hits on Spotify and, um, and everywhere else where you're streaming your music. Um, are you getting fans internationally too? I have to assume that you are, especially out of South America where they're, they're checking everybody out down there. Yeah. A lot of South America, a lot of um, Europe, actually. I mean, Germany's pretty big for us. UK is pretty big, Australia. And then <clears throat> there's a genre in Japan called nightcore where they take your song and speed it up and they kind of play it when they're playing video. A lot of video game people like our music. A lot of guys playing video games or girls playing video games, like to listen to our music while they stream and whatever. And, uh, so a lot of, a lot of people in Japan, it's, it's quite amazing. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to, I'm doing another radio interview with somebody in France, you know, this French, uh, radio stations and playing our song. So it's very cool to see our music spread like that. And heck, if there's enough demand for it, I'll go play anywhere. So I'd love to go play wherever they want to hear my music. As I was about to ask you, have you had the chance to travel in internationally and go perform yet? Yes, I have. We have. We we played out in the Middle East actually, like right when the band started. Actually, we went and did a USO tour for the troops, and um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we we. I'd love to do more. I've never gotten to tour Europe. We had been offered a tour with Avenged Sevenfold over there, but it did. We had been offered a, a different tour in the states. We were on a radio tour, and so we kind of had to stay in the states. So we never got to go on that tour, and then we never had another offer to go before the band kind of took a break. So I'd love to get get over there at some point so yeah in my personal life and travels i've been able to travel a lot of those places but i'd like to do it with my band and play shows oh wow that's yeah that's awesome definitely be the golden opportunity i mean i've i've only really had the opportunity to, to travel inter internationally once myself but hopefully i get uh, that opportunity again and uh they lighten these stupid fucking restrictions but yeah, like exactly. I said, I got, I got my own opinions. So. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I agree. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yep. But to, to, since we're on the subject of touring, though, for you is somewhere anywhere here in the U.S. or anywhere out globally for you is there a dream stage? Is there somewhere that you would just absolutely love to play? Yeah, Madison Square Garden, you know, I never played there. I played a lot of arenas, but I've never played Madison Square Garden. So that'd be one just, I don't know why, it's just an iconic, right in the middle of New York City. You know, that's one iconic one. I've gotten to play Red Rocks, which was really amazing. Um, maybe the, Holl the Hollywood Bowl, that'd be another one that I've never played. would be awesome. Yes. Now, uh, this question, I, I love asking this question just because of the uh, different fucked up answers I can get from this now. <laughs> this this doesn't matter if uh, 
you're playing uh, a tiny venue out in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, that holds, uh, you know, this dive bar that holds maybe 25 people maximum capacity, or you have just booked out Madison Square Garden. What is the craziest thing you have witnessed while performing on stage? Ooh, craziest thing I've witnessed. Hmm. I'm trying to think. I remember one time, I don't remember where it was. I believe it was at the, uh, this was both in the same show. Um, somebody threw a bag of ashes on the stage. We didn't know what it was. I thought it was a bag of blow. And I'm like, oh, drugs. And it's like, no, they're someone's ashes and they want to, I don't know if they, why would they want us to have an idea. My guitar goes, who is this? And someone's like, they're ashes. And I'm like, oh, I did. You know what I mean? Someone's remains. <laughs> threw it on stage, which was uh, interesting. But in that same show, some guy was talking shit to my guitar player and uh, in the front row. And I don't think he thought my guitar player would get off the stage, but he did. He got off the stage and went to the front row and came knocking the face and and down and my guitar player got back on stage and kept playing because my guitar player had enough and so I think that was all in the same show that was, was quite an eventful <laughs> eventful night <laughs> now, so somebody threw the uh, bag of ashes up, up there huh yeah uh, who knows him I don't know why the hell he did do that but yeah pretty, pretty wild weird <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, it, that just doesn't surprise me after some of the stories I've heard. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep, agreed. <laughs> I mean, and uh, yep, it's with wild. Hey, that that that's the life of getting into music, right there. You, and you got to expect the unexpected, like something like that, for sure. Uh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got one final question for you. Awesome. Let's say a group of kids ages 15 to early 20s approach you and tell you that they want to start a band. They want to break into this business. What advice do you think you'd give them? Well, you got to have thick skin. Be prepared to hear, hear the word no a lot. And instead of, you know, making that, you make you stop, try to make it make you better. You know what I mean? Um, the biggest thing for me is in, when it comes to music is, the music, so um, the songwriting, the songs, that's what matters the most. People get caught up in, you know, how fun it's going to look to be on stage and to get chicks and to, you know, put my hair up and wear a leather jacket. But to forget about writing the songs and putting in the work, and I think that's the big thing you got to keep doing. And you got to never, get, you got to not give up. You know, you got to just keep grinding, and you're going to get the word no, and, you know, it's not for everybody. This business is not for everybody. It, it took me so many years to kind of break through, even when I had record deals and stuff, just navigating the business side of it is very hard and, and it's, it's cutthroat. So you gotta just not give up. There you go. And focus on the music. There you go. Well, Jake, that's all the questions I have for you. I want to thank you very much for joining the show and I'm going to hit a uh, music set coming up here with going to feature uh, three more songs by new medicine. But uh, before I get to that, uh, why don't you give yourself a plug? Tell the listeners where they can find New Medicine. You're on social media. Uh, got a website, iTunes, Reverb Nation, Spotify, and all that good shit. Yeah, um, you can check us out: Facebook, New Medicine, um, Twitter, New Medicine at New Medicine. Um, our website is NewMedicineRocks.com. They got some merch on there. I mean, Spotify. Just type in New Medicine, you'll find us and. 
make sure you save our songs and put them on your playlist. Um, I did the same thing. Um, we got a brand new song out called Life Like This. We got a one with Adelita's Way called Own It. And um, we got another one called Die Trying. And of course, fuck it. Out. So go. go check out all those records and, and hopefully we'll be announcing some tour dates this summer. All right. Sounds great. Oh, hey, uh, thank you so much for joining the show. And I want to wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors. And if you happen to uh, make it to Idaho or you make it to Boise or uh, anywhere in this area, even Salt Lake City, which is not far from me, you got to let me know. Absolutely. I love I loved playing Boise at the Knitting Factory. So hopefully I'll get to come back. Well, my cousin plays the knitting factory too, so there you. Yeah, we we know that's that awesome. venue. That's one of my favorite places in the world to play. I love it. Yes, um, I appreciate you taking the time and 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 giving giving a shout out to my band, man. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, hey, thank you so much, and uh, hey, blessed holiday season too. You too. Cheers, right. man. Take care. And there you have the interview with Jake Shear of New Medicine. Yes, indeed. I enjoyed that conversation. I really enjoy their music a lot, too. So with that said, we're going to hit the first music set. Coming up, we got three more songs by New Medicine. Also have Benton Blunt and uh, Rare of Breed in the mix. Be right back after this. This is the kind of thing that just tickles my balls. You're listening to Outlaw Radio, and if you don't agree with our opinions, then fuck your mother. Hey, do you kiss your girlfriend with that mouth? Hey, you're really crazy, you know that? And a strong drink Cause the world make you feel like a zombie Kinda feel like you might freak out Can't stand how things got so fucked Can't rip the band-aid off a bad breakup You don't know how you ever gonna move on Let me tell you son, you ain't the only one, nah Ain't it the way life goes Shit is the fan I know One day we're gonna kick that bucket to cut loose, just say fuck it Some real pricks rubbing in your face Kinda sucks when jealousy hits you hard Like a four-door car running over your heart Are you living in a dream or nightmare? Wanna stand up and scream, what do I care? Sing this shit like a mantra Middle fingers up, I gotcha Shut up and be real One day we're gonna kick that bucket Still there 
Christmas, there's a perpetual routine of whiny bitches complaining about the religious overtones of the holiday season. Every year, some wet fart has to shit all over everyone's festive mood in the guise of being politically correct. They change lyrics to songs, hide the crosses, mangers, angels, and pretty much gut anything religious from the holidays. Well, I'm not religious, so I don't think I should be subjected to manger scenes and baby Jesuses all over people's lawns. Really? Is a small child being born on Christmas Day in a manger really bothering you that much? Is your life so boring and problem-free that seeing a ceramic statue of a religious icon just fucks up your whole month? Try upping your dose, dude, and get over it. Now, personally, I don't care. Fat guy in a red suit, baby deity, flying reindeer, whatever. I'm not religious, so it doesn't matter to me. But, with that being said, I do have a general respect for all people and their beliefs, and think everyone should be allowed to celebrate their religious holidays how they see fit. For a society who claims to be so politically correct and culturally sensitive, y'all don't seem to have too much trouble feeding the beliefs out of a yearly holiday held dear to a particular group of people. And did you know, a lot of people who celebrate Christmas are of Latino descent, that's right, oh high and mighty PC-minded prick. Many different races, including that buzzword, minorities, celebrate these holidays. So, guess what? You're not just attacking white people. It's Spanish, Mexican, Black, Italian, Irish, and probably any race you can think of all celebrate Christmas. So, by being anti-Christmas, you're essentially being culturally intolerant. And that makes you a fucking racist. So suck on that, you politically correct dick pimple. If you're anti-Christmas, you're a culturally insensitive racist. So, regardless of religious beliefs, consumerism, or whatever, Christmas should be a time where we all stop being a prick for one day out of the year. Don't complain about someone wishing you a Merry Christmas. Don't worry about the baby Jesus on the lawn. Just embrace the few hours in the year we all somewhat get along. Okay? We can all get back to hating one another on the 1st of January after we all come out of our New Year's-induced hangover, right? So, Merry Christmas, you culturally intolerant racists! Yeah! How's that for PC? Oh, don't like Christmas, you're a racist! Christmas! Snow falling on the ground The wind through the trees Make a sweet, 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 sweet sound It's not Christmas without you Caroling everywhere Kids dream of sweet things Seems like they don't have a kid It's not Christmas without you So I'll reach out I can see now No one else will do Christmas without 
Everything that comes from above It's not Christmas without you The love of a baby boy The love that was passed down To bring us this moment of joy It's not Christmas without you Oh no It's not Christmas without you Christmas without you
Jesus mama. Jesus mama. Look inside the manger. Christmas is upon us. It's upon us. Traditions. I can smell it coming fresh up out the kitchen. My wife making sausage balls, it is delicious. Got the tree off the mountain, we cut it down. Get the milk and the cookies and sit them out. Got the radio pumping the songs of the season. I open my window and play it loud. But before we get crazy, just understand. While we celebrate it, let me fill you in. It's the birth of a savior who laid in a manger inside a stable out in Bethlehem. That's Jesus, God in the flesh. Made his appearance to pay off our debts. The greatest gift that you could ever receive. We want it all. I'm cutting the net. Mary, 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 that was Jesus' mama. Jesus' mama. Look inside the manger, Christmas is upon us. It's upon us. This beat hits, don't forget to buy a mouth guard Oh, I'm never home alone, the spirit's with me Macaulay Culkin with the confidence You might find a Bible inside your stocking But don't know who it's from, it's anonymous Eggnog filled up in a tall glass I'm just thankful I no longer have to mow grass Put the Grinch stole Christmas on As I sit here and open my last can of who hash Heart grew bigger about three times Happy holidays, rare breed with the free rhyme Here's the gift of the season, remember the reason is Jesus and always be kind Mary, 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 that was Jesus' mama Jesus' mama Look inside the manger, Christmas is upon us It's upon us
is no other feeling than strapping up or grabbing those kettlebells, grappling on the mat, or doing some shadow boxing, getting knocked down, getting back up, throwing strikes, and then doing it all over again. So when you hear someone scream, gear up, you better get ready, because it's just you, your hunter athletic gear, and the voice telling you to train harder. No matter how much experience you have, hunter athletic gear stands with you all the way. Their products are engineered for utmost comfort, protect and speed battle after battle hunter athletic gear is the brand celebrating your victory hunter athletic gear has a range of great training and fight gear for men and ladies including compression pants fight shorts hoodies vests caps and bikinis they can create custom branded ranges for your gym or business visit their website at huntermma.co.za gear up and let's train What news and information are your media dollars buying when the narrative is prescribed by the advertisers? Scripted lies, media brainwashing, and thought control. Take back your voice. Take back our media. But most of all, take back our First Amendment. Subscribe to Caravan to Midnight today for hard-hitting commentary free from political correctness and media bias as I and some of the most intelligent and interesting people on Earth delve deep into what really lies beyond the headlines. Three to four hour uninterrupted and uncensored information. Join our CTM family today. Join the movement. Join the fight for freedom and independence. Caravan to Midnight is media for the people, by the people, independent of commercial obligations or influence. For less than a cup of coffee per month, you can make a difference. Let the people fund the next news network. Help us grow. Help us create a platform where we place freedom of speech and thought first. Join the family at caravantomidnight.com. 
a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is the Second Amendment of the United States of America's Constitution. This Second Amendment, the right of law-abiding Americans to privately own and possess firearms, is under attack like no other time in America's history. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have pledged to take away your Second Amendment rights through gun bans, gun confiscations, and government regulations. Even a gun tax. Do not take this lying down. The time to take action and fight to protect your Second Amendment rights is now. Join the Second Amendment Foundation, the oldest and largest nonprofit foundation focused on protecting your Second Amendment rights. For more information, to join or to donate, visit saf.org. Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to announce that Outlaw Radio officially has affiliation with MyPillow. Mike Lindell supports America, and we support Mike, but sadly, him and his company have been victimized by this cancel culture. But that's not going to stop Mike from making sure you get the best sleep possible, and now is the time to take advantage of those savings. Go to www.outlawradioabs.com. Go to the store section, click on the MyPillow banner, and start your online shopping. Be sure to use the promo code OUTLAW and get up to 66% off your purchase. And if you act right now, you can get our standard MyPillow for $19.98, regular price $69.98. These pillows are made right here in the USA and are washable. So again, go to www.outlawradioabs.com. Go to the store section. Click on the MyPillow banner and start your online shopping. But remember to use that promo code OUTLAW to take advantage of those savings. Or you can place your order by calling 1-800-652-3982. And now a message for the men. Listen up, guys. Fact. As we men age, our IGF-1 growth factor levels decrease, which can lead to gradual deterioration of energy, muscle growth, and immune function. From Neutronics Labs comes a line of health supplements that make men men again. Deer Antler Velvet. Listen. IGF-1 Plus Deer Antler Velvet contains the most concentrated source of widely diversified nutrition found in the plant or animal kingdom. Choose from Neutronics Labs liposome spray product. From the Ultra 10,000 Nanograms Package to the Platinum 300,000 Nanograms Package. There are also specially formulated supplements for joint pain relief, more energy, better stamina, better natural sleep, stress relief, and weight loss. For more information about these amazing products, visit keys2life.shop. That's K-E-Y-S, the number two, life.shop. IGF-1 Plus Deer Antler Velvet Supplements from Neutronics Labs. Making men men again. Yo, baby, you've had your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? Fuck the shit. Fuck the fucking shit. Fuck shit. You're listening to Outlaw Radio. Now buy a sewing machine, take it home, and cram it up your ass. Fuck shit. The shit. Fuck shit. Shit. Fuck. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Coldcock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take a shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, gear up, let's train. And Neutronics IGF-1, making men, men again. The songs you just heard, you just heard New Medicine with Adelius Way and Own It. Before that, Rare Breed with, Rare of Breed, excuse me, with Tis the Reason. Before that, New Medicine with Race to the Bottom. Before that, Benton Blunt with Christmas Without You. 
And starting off the whole set, New Medicine with uh, the song we were talking about, simply called Fuck It. <laughs> All right. So once again, a big shout out to um, Jake Shear. Thank you very much for joining the show. All right. So it's uh, about time to get to the next seg- segment of the show. Outlaw Radio World News, my good friend Brett Sessoms. Before I get to that, it is time to reveal... The Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week. And ladies and gentlemen, the Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week this week is a woman out of Michigan by the name of Wendy Wine, or Wendy Ween, however it's pronounced. (laughs) So... This person got onto a website called, I think it was called Hire a Hitman or Hitman for Hire, something like that, wanted to have her ex-husband murdered. I mean, wow. I mean, anyway, well, let's listen to the, listen to the news clip here. Give me. 647 now, a website named Rent a Hitman actually helped police stop a murder-for-hire plot in Michigan. Police say Wendy Wayne contacted the site offering $5,000 plus travel expenses for someone to kill her ex-husband. But instead of linking her to a hitman, the website owner called police. He used a, uh, a state trooper posing as the hitman, and there was a conversation, and she provided some funds for travels, and at that time, arrest was made. Police say the owner of the site claims he's helped stop more than 130 murders. So, you know, you, uh, I've, I've seen this before, especially on shows like Cops, where uh, some woman will pretend to be a hooker and uh, some, some guy was, is willing to pay. And next thing you know, she pulls out a badge and arrests his ass. I think, uh, you know, disguising your approach like that on the internet would be a lot easier. And now you're not going to get away with shit like this on the internet, especially you say it out loud, whatever. No. Nope, this woman wants to commit murder. She wants to take somebody's life for whatever reason. I don't know, but it's a bunch of bullshit. And, uh, yeah, um, this actually happened last year, but I guess uh, she just pled guilty, and uh, she's going to be looking at doing some time like Miss Ween deserves. All right, with that said, it's time to go to Outlaw Radio World News. Here we go. Outlaw Radio World News. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this edition of Outlaw Radio World News, welcoming back Brett Sessoms out of Mississippi. How you doing, brother? Yeah, doing good. How you doing, Mr. Painter? All right. So uh, basically, I want to talk about how some some things are going right in uh, parts of the world and here in the United States are taking out the trash. Now you recently did a, a video. Well, most of it was audio. Um, I have not had a chance to watch it cause I've been so damn busy, but, uh, uh, it looks like Jacob Zuma is going to be doing time. 
Yes. And through all questioning of South Africa's democracy, which I think it was the only way to go, a lot of people disagree with me on this, but we can all agree that the courts have been mostly reasonable in South Africa. And the high courts, which is equivalent to the U.S. Supreme Court in the U.S., mostly, they ordered Jacob Zuma's medical parole to be unconstitutional and that he has to go back to prison. And rightfully so. When he was released on medical parole, and he's 79 years old, whether if I agree with it or not, I can understand it. But if you can't do the crime, don't do the time. If you can't do the time, don't do the crime. And he state captured the nation when he was president. He gave all those deals to the Gupta family. And then once he had to leave the presidency, the Guptas left the country. And he used a lot of public funds to re remodel his home and to build a swimming pool in his house and it is against the rule for a president to have a swimming pool in their house, personal house, or the presidential house. It's against the law. Okay. Well, I mean that so, that I that I don't understand. I mean, I mean is that that South African law or something? Because I remember Ronald Reagan. Yeah, it's, kind of, it's basically done to protect public funds. Okay. Um, to make sure that the president that people won't be won't be embezzling funds. But then he said he it's not a swimming pool. It, I use that thing in case of a fire. Well, we know Jacob Zuma is not too smart. You know, I mean, obviously, though. He has I, a sixth grade education. That, that's proven. That's not. Yeah. Proven. I mean, I mean, though, I mean, I think it is kind of silly. Like, uh, you know, Ronald Reagan would enjoyed a good swim. And, you know, we didn't frown upon that. So, you know, if the president wants to swim on his time off, I mean, why shouldn't he be able to? I think that's a bit silly, but at the same time, you're talking about that mansion that he built in the Klonda, and uh, that was, he said he was going to pay back the taxpayers, but then uh, the government declared that he didn't have to pay a damn thing back, but uh, I, don't, I don't know, the bills do, and uh, something's got to give. Yeah, and uh, him. A lot of his cronies, the Guptas, as well as other people, had fled the country once he resigned from, or once he had to leave the presidency. And if he didn't do anything wrong, why did that happen? That's number one. But number two, when he was released on when he was released and to go on medical parole, there were crowds of people there greeting him. Nobody was wearing a mask. Nobody was social distancing, and they were coming up on his car greeting him. The handful of supporters he has. And so it wasn't any safer for him in the home than the prison as far as the COVID goes. And, again, if you can't do the time, then don't do the crime. And he has, oh, yeah, he also had intercourse with an HIV-positive woman. This has been proven. And he said he doesn't have HIV because he took a shower after he had uh, Yeah, I, Yeah, I remember that. I, I remember and that. That is the worst example of HIV age prevention or education that I've ever heard in my life. Um, well, did you ever see that great big uh, drawing uh, poster of him with his penis hanging out? No, I remember that almost I, I 10 years ago. I rumors on that, but I never really honestly paid much attention to that, I to be honest. I saw the stupid picture. I mean, it's it's a cartoon picture, so you don't actually see the former president's dong, but still, it was, it was just stupid. I mean, he... The hand, he is just going to go down as the worst president, not in just South Africa, but in the world. And he says he wants to write a book to set the record straight. Well, 
I mean, it has pretty much been proven. I mean, why could the Gooches go from India to South Africa without having to go through customs or get to go through checkpoints just like anybody else who comes to this country? They had a private chopper that could take them wherever. I mean, it's pretty open and shut case, and he didn't release a lot of fun. He never really explained why he gave all those contracts to the Guptas either. I mean, well, you know, the Guptas were were the ones that uh, were funding uh, Black First, Land First. I mean, because obviously, and Dili and Dahmer, however you pronounce his name, and Lindsey Massdorp and that other crazy bitch don't have the money. You realize those three people don't even have their own cars? They don't. I mean, Black First, Land First, I mean, even is laughed at uh, by the... By the black South Africans. I mean, they're even laughed at by the ANC. And to Cyril's credit, once he became president, that that party got banned because they didn't allow white members. That is against the law. You, I mean, the EFF allows white members. Why anybody would join the EFF of any race is beyond my comprehension. But the EFF allows members of all races and colors. And black first, lane first didn't. And they were denied being a political party. And to Cyril's credit, once he took became president, he got that situation tended to, but Cyril's got his own problems to worry about. He's going around Africa telling people that the world's out to get Africa and there's vaccine apartheid. No, there's not. There's hesitancy on that vaccine in Africa because people don't trust their governments over there, number one. Um, I personally have been vaccinated and had the booster and I I have not had any issues. But, number two, the United States has given South Africa a lot of vaccines. They have given South... They're the number one country who have given South Africa the vaccines that they have. And then basically Ramaphosa is going around complaining that it's not enough and whining about it and trying to convince other African leaders that it's true. When in actuality, many African leaders, including Ramaphosa, sat on their butt and chose to get vaccines through the COVAX program instead of trying to develop their own. Until now, South Africans are now trying to develop their own vaccines. And the U.S. gave Aspen Pharmacare, which is a South African research company, billions of dollars. And that's mine and your taxes, not South African taxes. But then Ramaphosa is going around and saying vaccine apartheid or vaccine inequality. And it's really sad. I mean, anything they can they can get going to stir up shit. I mean, me personally, I mean, I'm on the opposite side of you when it comes to the vaccine. I mean, I've done had COVID. I've t- I take my my own therapeutics. I do not want the vaccine. I am not going to get the vaccine. So, I mean, I'm very, you and I can agree to disagree on that, but still, I mean, if we give, give them over, uh, we, we can get, we give them over thousands of dollars, millions of dollars, you know, for, to develop the vaccine or give them, give them the vaccines that, uh, they think they need. And then, what do they do? They just hoard it or something, and then, and then create a sob story. I mean, that's very. This this is really the 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 woke way of thinking anymore. Oh yeah, it's happened now. To President Bush forty three's credit, I mean, he did some things with. He monitored where a lot of that aid would have went, um, before in Clinton and with Obama and with Biden's doing a little bit better with it. Trump really didn't either. They get aid from the United States, and you made a point. A lot of the leaders hoard it, and they don't distribute it to where it needs to go. 
And it's been a major problem, and it still is. And the U.S. has given Africa way more aid than, than any other nation. And mm. their leaders just hoard the money. But, uh, you know, it, like I said, I mean, the main topic is taking out the trash, and that's what our world is doing. A lot of people are waking up. You know, the ANC is, is really, really on a faster downward spiral than they've ever been, ever. So, oh, I agree. And many of the, not just the ANC, but SWAPO and Namibia, and I don't know racially charged party is bad, but a lot of these um, ultra-leftist parties in Southern Africa, I don't, I, I'm not saying they contributed to the spread of the COVID, but I think they may have wanted it to spread because they knew that the only way they were going to stay in power was to declare a state of emergency, particularly the ANC. They knew their time was up. Well, you know, that, isn't that typical, though, is because just just like uh, Ammon Bundy had pointed out, we had one unconfirmed case of COVID here in the state of Idaho uh, back in March of last year, and our governor declared a state of emergency because Trump said you get if you're in a state of emergency, you get all these, you could get these million-dollar funds, whatever. And so, yeah, he declares a state of emergency just so he can fill his pocketbook on one unconfirmed case. So, so that, I mean, we've heard this song and dance before. Oh, agreed. And now, I mean, everybody talks about what's going on in Australia right now, and there are some overreaches with the COVID. I mean, we, we can agree to disagree on, on things. COVID, there are some overreaches. We can agree on that. But as far as the as far as the Australian government goes, I trust them enough that if they if once the COVID gets situation gets better, like way better, mm-hmm. they'll go back to being the way that they were. The you can't trust the Democrats with this government, or even some Republicans or ones that are rhinos, Republicans in name only, or even in Canada with Justin Trudeau or South Africa with Sarah Ramaphosa. I don't trust that whenever the COVID goes away, that they're not gonna loosen their power grip uh you mean you mean justin castro or uh fidel trudeau yeah yeah yeah, justin trudeau and i just don't trust a lot of these governments that once the covid gets better that they are gonna loosen their power grip i mean it's just it's it's sad but it's true i mean well and it doesn't matter right uh right or left you know i mean you know when uh what my grandfather had to do when, when uh, before I was born, and he did this today, of course, it'd be considered cruelty to animals, and he might get arrested. But my dog, my, my dad had several dogs that, to which most of them got shot because they went into the chicken coop, and uh, first they're trying to play with the chickens like it's another puppy or something like that, and then... They, they get a bite on that chicken, taste the blood, and they're not going to stop killing the chickens. You know, so my, my grandfather had to, shoot, had to shoot the dogs that did that. Um, you know, here it is. But back then, a lot of people farmed to make a living, and those chickens were your bread and butter. I mean, you kind of yeah. had to do that. And also, dogs back then, they didn't have the veterinary medicine that they do now they contract a lot of diseases being outside and they could have spread it to the livestock that's why back in the day people tied up dogs when they got those diseases and shot them 
Yeah, but uh, still, I mean, my point is, though, I mean, once, once it, it's like a taste of power. Once that dog got a taste of that chicken, he's, it, he, he's enticed and is not going to stop. These politicians got that, ta got that taste of power. It's the same thing. Now, I'm not saying we need to shoot them, but, uh, you know, once power is something uh, is probably more addicting than any drug out there. Once you get your hands on it, once you feel it, you know, once you feel that's that that need for control, it, it's something dangerous that can, that can change a person for sure. I mean, oh yeah, well, even while I live in Mississippi, now our state government has done a good job. I've, I've been they kind of have the balance that I would agree with. They encourage people to get the vaccines; they're free and available to everybody, but they're not um they're not mandatory and they've argued against mandatory vaccines, but they say we encourage you to get the vaccine, but we're not, we're arguing against mandatory vaccines. Our governor ended the state of emergency, but what, I mean, this was every state. This is one, our state, but a lot of governors in the states waited to the very last minute to say if they were going to declare a state of emergency or not, or if they were going to issue a mandatory vaccine or not, or things like that. And they kind of kept us on the edge of our seats, wanting to know what they're going to do. And it's like, power being an addiction. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I mean to, to their credit, they did what they thought was right in this situation, but they were kind of on the bubble about being addicted to power, which really kind of scared me. Yeah, I hear you. And that, so that, 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 that's what a lot of these politicians are, and that's, you know, with the COVID, I'm just worrying they're using it as a catalyst of what is to come. And uh, also, as we talk about taking out the trash, too, uh, we're taking out the trash in the media. It's it's so good, so good to see Fredo get fired. You know, yes. I mean, CNN is, when was says CNN really been credible? I don't, I don't recall. I can't no, say. They were credible, like, in the late, in the, in the late 80s, early 90s, when it was the only channel that was news 24-7. But, and you didn't have to wait until the six o'clock or nine o'clock or ten o'clock to get your news. Yeah, but you got to realize that I was still a teenager back then, and I didn't watch the news. I didn't care about that stuff. I mean, I didn't really too much either, except just to not be an idiot, just to know what was going on in the world. So I watched a little bit of it every day. It was kind of like the Weather Channel. But when Fox came in about ninety six, ninety seven, it blew CNN out of the water. CNN finally yeah. had some competition. And since the early 2000s, I should say, CNN has not been credible ever since. And they're one of the low, the only place that has a lower rate rating than they do is um, MSNBC. Or, or C-SPAN, they're not, they're not very credible either. I mean, you know, but back in, back in the time when CNN was credible, I mean, I was, I was more concerned with MTV, but, uh, you but, know. Yeah, but I'm just saying CNN had credibility back in the day but they don't anymore and they haven't for over 20 years now <laughs> i mean now we can talk about there there are some some uh, news anchors and journalists they're either far left or far right like walter cronkite was was a diehard uh leftist but yes and people believed him with the tet offensive and rather if one agreed or disagreed with the vietnam war i thought it was a mistake but i can't yeah. i couldn't join the anti-war movement then there's reasons as to why but um but my point, my well, point is though. Yeah, people believed him. He went and said he thought the Tet Offensive really damaged uh, 
damage the U.S. and South Vietnam, that the yeah. Viet Cong and NBA were going to win. But you read private writings, the NBA and Viet Cong said in their private writings they were devastated by the Tet Offensive, that they didn't achieve any of their objectives and lost a lot <laughs> of soldiers. But Walter Cronkite threw them a lifeline. See, my point is, though, is that Walter Cronkite didn't, he didn't let his uh, political beliefs get in the way of how he was supposed to uh, report the news because, um, you know, you're supposed to. He did until 1968 because my dad and his family, everybody believed him, and they learned about the Ted yeah. later in history books, how it devastated the NBA and the VC. He did up until 1968 with the Tet Offensive in Vietnam, but go ahead. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I mean, that's the way it is supposed to be, though, by law for a news anchor or, or a journalist that, you know, you have to report the news in an unbiased manner. You know, you, you can't tell me that uh, Chris Cuomo wasn't so biased towards the left. You know, I mean, anytime somebody came on his show, you know, that uh, was was pro-Second Amendment or pro, you know, it, he couldn't he couldn't set aside his differences. He was always, he, he wasn't ready to debate. It was like he was always ready to fight. I mean, it looks like he, he wanted a hardcore argument uh, and said some of the most childish things I ever heard, like, uh, well, well, you may not support Biden, but you know who else, who does? Your mom. You know, he says stupid shit like that. And Keith Olbermann was just bad. You know, and I mean, but that, that whole Cuomo family is just rotten to the core. I mean, Mario Cuomo is one of the worst governors of New York, uh, but uh, probably his son's going to go down in history for, with that title. You know, I mean, and Chris Cuomo... <laughs> That that one incident where somebody called him Fredo and he said something so stupid as calling an Italian is like calling is like calling us the N word. You call me Fredo. Uh, he didn't say Mick. He didn't say Wop or Dago or anything like that. He called. He said Fredo. Now, if he would have said Wop, yeah, that's equivalent to the N word for an Italian. But. Uh, I agree. You know, I mean, Fredo was just was just a little Godfather joke. That's all it was, and he threatened to push that guy down the stairs. Yeah, and you can't make threats like that and be a news anchor and be and have any credibility like that. And that's just, you know, that's childish. And um, Keith Olbermann, I don't know if you remember him, but when he was on MSNBC, he was he was just bad. He would only bring people on a show that he agreed with, and when he rarely brought in a political opponent, he would just yell. He wouldn't really debate. It's kind of like, you know, when I, I don't really care too much for Piers Morgan either, but that but uh, that so-called debate with Alex Jones was pathetic. Now, there's somebody from the right that I cannot stand is Alex Jones, and the way he I just... I don't even know if I'd call it the right. I mean, he's got some really out-there views. His, his former wife said he was a bully, and I, like I said, I'm, I, I wouldn't. Oh, he, I don't take it. All he did was he, he screamed at Piers Morgan and didn't even give Morgan a, a chance to get a word in edgewise. And I'm like, this is what you call a debate? This is, this is childish behavior. This is ridiculous. You know, and I can, I can disagree with Piers Morgan on a lot of stuff. 
Uh, however, he kind of sees it the way it is that the left is going too far as well, and he's calling yeah, them out. Defense, he really attacked Meghan Markle, and rightfully so, and Prince Harry for being ridiculous and for being hypocrites. If they were going to be advocates of climate change, don't go flying around in Gulfstream four or five jets and tell people to save the environment. Those private jets, uh, those private jets uh, release four to five times the emissions than to a commercial jet, which is why if I was filthy rich, I would not have a private jet. I might be going with some other billionaires and only use it in case of absolute emergencies. I'm not saying they should be outlawed. I think yeah. it should be on people's personal responsibility um, to do something like that. I think that's where and people take the most care of the environment is when the government steps back and people realize the dangers. Um, but that's neither here nor there. But then Meghan Markle also just saying the royal family was racist, and there was no credible evidence of that, not at all. Queen Elizabeth called an investigation into the whole incident with people questioning what color the baby would be or how light skin or how dark skin. And that wasn't racist at all. I've been part of not, I've never been interracially married to anybody, but I've had family members marry somebody the opposite race or things like that. It's just a common question. Of course, of course. You know, and it was Prince Charles, but he didn't mean it that way. And it was just, like I said, it was just, I mean, you know, it was just kind of, it was a whole crazy situation. And Pierce Morgan, to his credit, really put Meghan Markle and Prince Harry in their places. As he should. You know, um, but I, I see there's there's still, you know, where CNN's concerned, there's still some work to be done. I mean, uh, Don, Don Lemon is just, I mean, as, as you said before, you know, he's pointed out uh, problems in the black community and how, you know, it's uh, they how a lot of the black communities need to learn how to uh, clean up their own messes and quit blaming white people all the time. But now here he is jumping on that bandwagon and saying some of the most ridiculous, absurd bullshit you can hear. Of course, Anderson Cooper is is another biased idiot. That uh, and uh, let's see. Um, also, uh, uh, Brian Stelt, uh, Stetler. No, but honestly, when Alan Combs was around, and I do miss him, when they had Hannity and Combs, they actually had debates. I don't like the way when Sean Hannity sometimes cuts people off or things like that. He's gotten a little bit better. But he's mild compared to some other stuff. But him and Alan Combs would have a debate. Or if Alan Combs talked to the conservative, he would debate. He wouldn't yell. Um, and I really miss Alan Combs. He had a long-term illness that he kept secret until he passed away. Yeah. I don't know if you remember Hannity and Combs, which came after the O'Reilly Factor back in the old days of Fox News. I can't remember, I, to be honest with you. There was a period of time where, um, when Fox News was really blowing up at the time, I didn't have cable and uh, my main source of entertainment was a VCR, and I'd often go to Blockbuster and get something new. <laughs> but yeah, I, I got you. But yeah, but I, I was talking about in the early 2000s, and even uh, in the early 2000s, Hannity and Combs was a good show, and I really enjoyed it. And they actually had a debate, one on the right, one on the left. Hannity on the right, Alan Combs on the left, and they had a debate with guests. Oh, yeah. The, I, and, and it was a civilized debate, but go ahead. Yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right. 
you're you're absolutely right. I mean, and it's not it it's definitely not that way, especially when you have guys like Chris Cuomo or Anderson, especially Anderson Cooper. Now that Chris Cuomo's out of the, he's out of the equation now. I just say uh, it's time for C- CNN's got more cleaning up to do, if you ask me. Um, you know this this world. You know, I mean. South Africa needs to get rid of Cyril Ramaphosa. Canada needs to get rid of Trudeau. You know, and there, there's there's quite a quite a list there. I mean, I do believe uh, Zimbabwe still got Robert Mugabe's one of his relatives or somebody, a friend now, or. They have rel- Emerson Mnangagwa, and to his defense, Emerson Mnangagwa is not anti-white, and some white farmers in Zimbabwe have gotten back their land. But on top of that, though, he is not politically open-minded. He is still arresting opposition party members left and right. The economy overall has not improved very much. It has a little bit in the agriculture sector, but not too much because he's still pillaging the country. Um, I'm not going to say just because he doesn't hate white people that it's gotten better because, because it, by and large, has it. it's a little bit better since Mugabe, but not by much. He's still... Is, is not letting the Western media in. It's just, it, I, I was disappointed that it really didn't get any better than it did. Yeah, I think for for one, the, um, you know, one of Zimbabwe's main sources of uh, revenue is foreign hunters. I mean, how, how much can you rack in that way? You know, I mean. Well, they haven't improved the hunting or the tourism industry since then because they, uh, because the, he wants to control his population, and if that happens, it's going to be a lot of multi-millionaires with money to spend, money to burn, and their tour guides who aren't ZANU-PF supporters, that's the political party that Mugabe belongs to, that Emerson Mnangagwa belongs to, they're going to tell them what's really going on, and then the multi-millionaires are going to bring it back to the West, and they're going to say the situation hasn't improved very much, so he... he Emerson Mnangagwa likes his power too much. Oh yeah, just like like that. I can't remember the name of that one African leader who was he was in Uganda. If you can, Eddie Amin and Museveni is yes. not that much better. He's a little bit better, but right now Bobby Wine, the opposition leader in Uganda, is under house arrest, and his security guard and his gardener have gone to prison. Yeah, so I mean, they they've done a little bit of taking out their trash there, you know. Personally, I mean, disagree with me if you want, but God, we need to get Biden out of there. We really do. No, I didn't vote for Biden. I voted for Trump twice. I, Biden needs to be out of there. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he needs to be. He's he hasn't done a good job. His approval rating is below forty percent, and the only reason it's as high as it is is because. There are so many Kool-Aid drinkers who just will hate Trump no matter what Trump does or no matter what Republicans do. They're going to just support Biden no matter what. Oh, Biden yeah. Off, most Democrats have told their Republican friends privately off the record, from what I understand, that they want Biden to resign. Oh, I but I know what you're talking about because I had somebody look me in the eye and say they would rather see Biden burn this country to the ground than to have a racist build it back up and make it prosper. And that is crazy. And here's the thing, even though I voted for Trump twice and I thought he was a good president, I think Trump's an asshole. 
He looks to pick fights. He goes after anybody who disagrees with him. He can absolutely be a jerk. But I'm willing to put my personal feelings aside and look for the betterment of the country. There you go. I mean, I, I, I've always said I think Trump's, uh, you know, rough around the edges. And, you know, he says some things that one shouldn't say, you know, and isn't always the consummate professional. And here's the thing. I lived in South Korea for two years. He treated he treated South Korea like crap. He didn't um he didn't, he didn't treat them like a true ally like they are. They are a true ally. I taught English for the South Korean Air Force. But Biden has not nominated a an, an ambassador, a U.S. ambassador, to South Korea yet. He's already nominated one to China and one to Japan, and a lot of South Korea is seeing that as a slap in the face. Biden hadn't been much better. Yes. I hate to say it, Brett, but we are out of time and uh, about ready to go to the Next music set. Uh, before we do that, uh, once again, why don't you uh, go ahead and plug your YouTube? Yep. Yeah, okay. And uh, I have a YouTube channel. It's the same as my name, Brett Sessoms. I have a, a little bit over a thousand subscribers, and I talk about a lot of political issues, mostly in Asia or Africa, but also discuss what's going on in America as well. I've discussed the Kyle Rittenhouse situation and did a video on that. And just uh, subscribe to my channel if you like the content. And if you don't subscribe, I recommend that you check it out every once in a while. It definitely will be worth your while. And the videos aren't that long. And I believe you'll enjoy them. All right. Well, Brad, thank you very much uh, for joining the show. And, uh, hey, Merry Christmas to you and your family. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, t we'll talk again after uh, the f um, most likely uh, after the first of the year so. Right, and have a Merry Christmas as well, and we'll say Merry Christmas as long as it's legal, and uh, there's many idiots out there trying to outlaw it. Oh, isn't that just bizarre? <laughs> All right. It's extremely bizarre. Anyway, yeah. But take care. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Yes. All right. You take care. Thank you. Take care. Bye. And ladies and gentlemen, there you have Outlaw Radio World News with special guest Brett Sessoms. It is time to go to the next music set. Coming up, we have New Breed and Jesse Howard, going to be followed by John LaJoy, Red Sun Rising, Dry County, and Kimberly Dunn. Be right back after this. How dare you and who in the hell fuck do you think you are? You're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we're proper gentlemen, because we always ask, Do you mind if I fart? You really know how to waste a Cialis, don't you? You're abusing my fan. Cause these are my people And 
is my mind. This is what we pray for. And this is God's plan. To my house. So welcome to my house. All my speaking, don't push me on the edge, boy. Don't push me on the edge, boy. Cause I'm aiming for your head, boy. Cause I'm aiming for your head, boy. And all I see is red, boy. And all I see is red, boy. I told you not to cross that line. I told you not to cross that line. I'm giving you a chance, boy. I'm giving you a chance, you see boy. the devil in a glance, boy. The devil in a glance, boy. Stop knock you out your pants, boy. I told you not to fuck with mine. I told you not to fuck with mine. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Y'all was coming in, and now you're backing out. Now you're backing out. It's hard to talk, baby. You brought your friends, they can watch it go down. Watch it go down. I got mine too. So welcome to my house. Welcome to my house. Cause these are my people. And this is my land. This is my land. This is what we pray for. Behind this door, your hell awaits. My old lady, she rides too, picking up 
up every shell case Mopping up these blood stains But she ain't seen a damn thing Most of my people are convicts Hard-headed, no nonsense So please approach with caution You never know who's watching You never know what's on the other side of that front door And you knocking Might step out like... Motherfuckers get the dropping. All the neighbors heard was the dogs barking. The sun was down, it was getting dark. And I told the sheriff, it ain't no problems, man. I was just taking out the garbage. So if you don't mind, please excuse me. I'm with the family trying to watch a movie. I'm sure you got better things to do. So I'll let you go and get Y'all back to do it. the music. Now, me personally, I like the old Bing Crosby white Christmas type of shit. Not this new crap that tries to be funny or quirky. Songs about Santa contracting AIDS are neither and hardly personifies the much needed Christmas spirit. I'm also dead set on giving out the middle finger to the creators of the following. The redneck 12 days of Christmas, white trash Christmas specials, or anything with the prefix blue collar. All aimed at and making fun of people who don't have any fucking money. Making fun of poor people on Christmas, not funny. It just makes you come off like a snotty cocksucker flaunting their wealth by exploiting the poor through song. Give these fuckers a break. Also, Calypso-style Christmas songs. Motherfuckers. There needs to be a law in place that any region that hasn't seen snow in a hundred years is not allowed to write Christmas songs. Period. Tropical islands and Christmas don't mix. Put the Calypso drums down and find some fucking snow. And I know folks will say, Well, phony, you don't have to listen to it if you don't want to. Well, apparently I do, because it's on every fucking radio station on the planet, and you can't get away from it. So for once, can we all just set aside the numerous variations of Grandma getting run over by a what-the-fuck-ever, and focus once more on the warm, fuzzy Christmas music of years gone by? Not that super slow shit, though. That just fucking pisses me off. Where's Burl Ives when you need him? Wish Bing Crosby was still here. We can straighten these fuckers out. Back in the hand. <laughs> Fucking Christmas songs. Losers. Christmas time of the year Bells are jiggling and the angels 
It's a silent night except for my neighbor's washing machine. It's very loud, that's why I'm wearing my second favorite earmuffs. Santa Claus is coming, so you better be naughty or nice. He has a beard, so you can't even see his neck. He flies around with horses that have branches on their ears. Cause there are no earmuffs in the North Pole, there are only trees. He brings presents to the kids, but he doesn't wear mittens. Probably because they make his hands very itchy. Leave Santa milk and cookies so he can have a snack. It'll be easy for him to pick them up because he won't have minutes on his hands. This is the best Christmas song that ever existed. This is the best Christmas song that ever existed. All the Christmas songs don't even talk about Christmas stuff. But this is the best Christmas songs. Keep listening to it now. Santa comes in from the chimney, so don't block it with a mattress. And if you don't have a chimney, make one out of a mattress. Santa, what is the present you're gonna put in my tree this year? I hope it's not the shoes that I already have. I already have those shoes, so that's not a very good present. A better present would be to make my family still alive. Or a bicycle, that would be good too. Also, can you move your beard? I want to see what your neck looks like. This is the best Christmas song that ever existed. This is the best Christmas song that ever existed. Mittens aren't even a super important thing. But this is the best Christmas song. Keep listening to it now. Everybody to the Christmas arms. Christmas, Christmas, Christmas arms, Christmas, Christmas, Christmas arms, everybody to the Christmas face. Christmas, Christmas, Christmas face, Christmas, Christmas, Christmas face, everybody to the Christmas talking. Talking, talking, everybody don't put mittens on. No mittens, no mittens, no mittens, no. <laughs> I tricked you to not putting mittens on Now your hands are cold That was my Christmas trick Another trick I like to do Is I give people chocolate And I say happy Easter And they say what it's not even Easter This is the best Christmas song That ever existed This is the best Christmas song That ever existed Maybe Santa's neck Is a different color or something this is the best Christmas song, and now it's finished. With lips closed and eyes sealed, your sculpture with a pulse. I want to capture your essence and keep it here forever, little one. And I feel good about you not selling anyone You're just like motionless, emotionless You're beautiful, asleep Motionless, emotionless Sleep. 
You'll feel nothing as I send your soul away How long will you last and how long will you stay As guilty as a fear, I'm making you beautiful forever Do you right away to nothing, we'll be perfect here together Christmas cake and he farted loud and began to speak to me. 
It's some, it's been a hell of a night. The weather's shitting, it's been a rough flight. I burnt my ass on the chimney coming down. So I figured I'd just help myself with a bottle of booze on your old man's shelf, and it looks like Santa's done coming to town. Yeah, I was there and I said I'm retired. You could have heard a pin drop in the room. Yeah, I was there and I said I'm retired. He came down the chimney and into a bottle of booze. Saying that you can't quit. Doesn't look like I give a shit. What have you little bastards ever done for me? See, every year my clothes get burned and I get fuck all in return. So excuse me if my big heart doesn't bleed. I'm taking things a little hard, like when I stepped in shit in your neighbor's yard and I jumped over the fence and it poked me in the balls. So I wiped my boots in your mom's right rug, who, by the way, has a great set of jugs. Now I'm just relaxing with it all. Well, I was there and I said I'm retired. You could have heard a pin drop in the room. Yeah, I was there and I said I'm retired. He came down the chimney and into a bottle of booze. Staggered up and off his chair And he finished off the last of his beer uh, Everything is gonna be alright I don't know who's gonna fill my shoes But I'm taking this bottle of booze And heading out into the snowy night He never said another word But as he left he flicked me the bird Know that he was over with this shit I still remember clear as day them final words I heard him say. Kiss my ass cause Santa Claus has quit. Yeah, I was there the night Santa retired. You could have heard a pin drop in the room. Yeah, I was there the night Santa retired. He came down the chimney and into a bottle of booze. He came down the chimney and into a bottle of booze. Came down the chimney and into a bottle of booze.
Christmas, baby. Wish you Merry Christmas, baby. community organizers and campus radicals in Idaho are still up to their dirty tricks teaching Idaho kids from cradle to college that white people are inherently racist. Now these left-wing nuts are taking the whole race thing to a whole new level with critical race theory. According to critical race theory, teaching children math, arithmetic is racist. Shakespeare, Shakespeare, racist. Can you say ridiculous? Malcolm X warned against critical race theory. It's very harmful. It's wrong. And the leftist nuts teaching this stuff to our children know it. Join Idaho Freedom Action to put an end to this leftist takeover of education in Idaho. Join the fight against the teaching of critical race theory to Idaho's youngsters. Visit IdahoFreedomAction.org today. IdahoFreedomAction.org at some point, you're going to want to consider this. If a national emergency or a natural disaster or even civil unrest should occur, where would you go? Seriously, where? Heading into the sticks with some MREs in a tent might be all right for a week or two, but then what? And who's around you? Who can help you if you need it? And how long would you last without the security and comfort of your own home? If you've asked yourself these questions, consider X-Points. Located in the beautiful Black Hills of South Dakota, a limited number of military-grade hardened shelters originally built by the U.S. government. 80 feet long, 26 feet wide, 12 and a half foot ceilings that you can custom build out to your own tastes. X-Point, a nine square mile city of like-minded people who know that the best way to deal with the disaster is to distance yourself from it. If you've always wanted a real bug out bunker with the amenities of home, send an email to brendy at arcmidnight.com or text to 817-900-2424. X-Point, X marks your spot. Chaz Mitchell Custom Hats makes and sells custom hats with a Western influence. These hats are not cheesy, one-size-fits-all, except they're not cowboy hat knockoffs. Chaz Mitchell will custom design and build a genuine hat just for you, the way you want it. Chaz will actually measure your head, talk with you about the hat you desire, make it, and deliver it to you. You'll make a statement every time you put on your hat. Originally from Jigs, Nevada, Chaz Mitchell grew up cowboy and alongside his father, Waddy Mitchell. 
They built their first hats together at a workshop in Elko, Nevada. Chaz recalls his father once telling him, make a hat he would be proud to wear. After years of practice and studying hats and their owners, Chaz knows what makes a good hat maker. It's understanding that a hat doesn't only fit the circumference of the head, but also the personality of the owner. Get in touch with Chaz today, and he'll build you a hat you will be proud to wear. Visit Chaz Hats. That's C-H-A-Z-H-A-T-Z dot com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to announce that Outlaw Radio officially has affiliation with We The People Holsters. If you own a handgun, then you know you need the perfect holster to go with it. We The People Holsters are made right here in the USA by gun nerds who are not afraid to support our Second Amendment. Whether you want Kydex or leather, We The People Holsters has just what you need. We The People Holsters is the preferred option of professionals throughout the law enforcement industry, as well as those serving in the branches of the armed forces. Simply go to www.outlawradioabs.com, go to the store section, and click on the We The People Holsters banner to select the holster that's perfect for you. Don't wait. Get your holster from We The People Holsters today. Ammon Bundy is not liked by the mainstream media who spews lies about him, all because he stood up and will continue to stand up in the face of government tyranny. The mainstream media has even dubbed him a white supremacist and a domestic terrorist. The truth is, Ammon Bundy is neither of these. He is a God-loving family man who is willing and ready to fight for all Idahoans, for your constitutional rights and your property rights. Ammon Bundy is endorsed by Ron Paul and Roger Stone. In 2020, President Donald Trump offered money to states that declared they were in a state of emergency. Idaho had only one unconfirmed case of COVID. Idaho's current governor, Brad Little, put Idaho in lockdown so he could make more money to line his pocketbook. Despicable. Brad Little is not working for the citizens of Idaho. Ammon Bundy will. Vote Ammon Bundy for governor of Idaho. Visit VoteBundy.com and keep Idaho, Idaho. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Coldcock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take a shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, gear up, let's train. And Neutronics IGF-1, making men, men again. The songs you just heard, you just heard Kimberly Dunn with What Christmas Means to Me. Before that, Dry County with The Night Santa Retired. Before that, Red Sun Rising with Emotionless. Prior to that, The Best Christmas Song by John LaJoy. And starting off the whole set, New Breed and Jesse Howard with Welcome to My House. I Actually, Stephen, I don't think you listened to that song before. It's more along the lines of country and rap, but uh, it's basically uh, dedicated to... Uh, Somebody who wants to go to a redneck's house without invitation, and uh, his shotgun gives him a warm welcome. Nice. Uh, quick question: the 
the way you pronounce it, John LaJoy. How, how is that spelled? L-A-J-O-I-E, I think. Is he a middle-aged-ish white guy from Canada? He is. It's uh, it's pronounced uh, John LaJoy, <laughs> oh. I think. But uh, that being said, he's got a great song called "Everyday Normal White Guy." Yeah, he's got or, that, and um, though he's hilarious, the one I my, love that guy. My favorite one: "Show Me Your Genitals." And no, Stephen, please don't. <laughs> well, since you asked, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. No, my favorite line of uh, "Everyday Average Normal White Guy." I got six hundred dollars in the bank, motherfucker. <laughs> All right. Anyway, with that said, it is time for the Steve Solution. I don't care who you're voting for, Democrat or Republican. You need to be able to prove who you are. Because what's to stop tons and tons of individuals for whatever party, for whatever office? of registering repeatedly and sending different people into polling stations or the same person into polling stations over and over and over again using different voter registration cards when they've obviously voted fraudulently several times over. This is the Steve Solution with Stephen James on Outlaw Radio. Happy holidays, everybody, from your favorite tornado survivor. At least I think I am. No, I know I'm a survivor. I just hope I'm your favorite. But uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that I wasn't here last week is because the night that we typically record the Steve Solution, uh, I didn't have any power in my place because a series of tornadoes, one of which started just south of me in Arkansas, moved its way through and just as it passed my town combined itself into the largest and longest uh, tornado to stay on the ground in history or recorded history going all the way into deep into Kentucky and killing many, many, many people Uh, just north of me. It Took out a nursing home. Thankfully, only one person died, uh, but it devastated a lot of things. And about 10 minutes after that one hit my town, uh, just southeast of me where I work in a town called Truman, Arkansas, an F2 tornado took out a lot of that town, including a lot of shit one block from where I work in my day job. Fortunately, uh, you know, a lot of injuries, but no fatalities on that. And uh, I'm going to speak for myself and everybody involved here at Outlaw Radio and AOW Reductions. Our hearts and thoughts and prayers are with everybody affected from this storm, including you know, yours truly. Yeah, you know what? Uh, this this ain't normal this time of year to ha- have tornadoes. That's usually a springtime thing, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, in certain areas. Uh, turns out that the part of Arkansas that I lived in, tornado season has four par- parts of the year. Uh, spring, summer, 
winter, and fall. Meaning a tornado can hit at any time. Pretty much. And the reason for this particular thing, there was a storm system moving through, and that's one thing for this time of year. But it was insanely warm, meaning uh, almost 80 degrees. And that's not normal for northeast Arkansas, uh, northwest Tennessee, southeast Missouri, any of those areas. And then uh, that was preceded by a cold front. A lot of crazy shit. It was just kind of like the George Clooney movie. It was the perfect storm. And the, the conditions were just exactly right to line up for this horrendous event. Oh, you want, I think the perfect storm took place in the Philippines. They do not get tornadoes very often. But from what I understand, there was a tornado that touched down and was heading right towards a volcanic eruption. That I would never want to happen, but... I desperately want to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'd be a sight to see, but fuck that. A lot, uh, think about it. That, that's like a, you know, bad made for sci-fi channel movie. Lava tornado. <laughs> oh God. I, I don't know what kind of, what kind of disaster that would turn out to be. But uh, I mean, I mean, can you think about a, you know, a tornado spewing lava filled, Chunks of uh, hot rock. Oh, yeah, that kind of debris flying in the air. Yeah, that would destroy everything. I mean, so happy holidays, everybody. Let's yeah. talk about Christmas. <laughs> well, first, first off, um, yeah, so we got the uh, once again, uh, remind the listeners, I got the endorsement with uh, We the People holsters, and you've got a We the People holster. Yeah, you know, some dickhead sent me one. I won't name names. <laughs> he does happen to be the host of a wildly popular internet radio program. And actually, I've got it right in front of me here. For those of you that want to hear. That is the sound of my Ruger 9mm coming out of my We The People holster. And I've got to tell you, I'm a little unused to... Uh, repeatedly carrying a concealed carry holster only because Arkansas is an open carry state and I typically carry open. However, with uh, my day job, it's been strongly recommended to me that if I'm going to carry, I do so concealed, which I've consented to. I've you know, got the license for it and everything. I'm good there. Uh, so it's a getting used to the feeling of it process, but I will say this much access and ease of draw are fucking amazing. And to be straightforward, I did have to make some adjustments, but those adjustments are detailed on their website. Very, very detailed. They give you videos and text and diagrams to show you how to do everything as far as adjustments to make it more comfortable for you. And I got to say, so far, I've only had it a little over a week now, but I am loving it. Hey, that's good to hear. 
So and that and that, by the way, granted, I did get a free holster out of it, but that this is not a paid endorsement. I will not ever see one cent out of this company, but I support them wholeheartedly, and I've got a few other handguns that I'm going to be buying holsters for. So take that for what it is. There we go. Uh, Christmas season madness. I mean, first off, Stephen, when I lived in Northeast Ohio is when I actually uh, discovered for myself how bad I've got anxiety. I want to I hurry up and get shit done and go home. And the Christmas season, when I'm doing shopping and I, tur- I turn a corner into an aisle of Walmart or something, and it's cram-packed full of fucking people. Oh, yeah. And then I go to the next one thinking I can get around more fucking people. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I can't take this shit. Um, so I am so great. This is where I'm so grateful for the Internet. I don't have to. I can do my shopping, and I don't have to deal with that shit. Brother, you are preaching to the choir. When it comes to holiday shopping, do you want to know what my first ever Black Friday experience was? What's that? Well, uh, I believe you will maybe not know the exact date, but you will have this as a memory. Do you recall a few years back when you and I, uh, neither one of us had Thanksgiving plans in Las Vegas. We didn't have family there. It was you and me, and we went out and had dinner. Yeah, I remember that. Okay. Do you remember what preceded dinner? I think uh, I think we must. God, what did we hit now? It's, oh no, it, this this part was just me, but it was it preceded oh, the whole night. Oh, I think uh, I think for one is tr- just trying to get through the fucking traffic. That was part of it, but before we even met up. I decided in the apartment complex that I was living in, I needed to do laundry. Uh I had my dinner clothes ready for that night, but I needed work clothes for the next day and the next week, blah, blah, blah. So as I was getting ready, I threw some clothes in the washer in my apartment building and some low life in Vegas. Big shock. There's low lives in Las Vegas. I know it's hard to believe, but trust me, it happens. Stole all my clothes. The only clothes that I had left were the ones that I was wearing to dinner that night. Oh, I had some extra socks that. and underwear, but the majority of my clothes I did. were stolen I out of the washing machine. They couldn't even wait for me to put them in the dryer and then steal them. They stole them wet out of the washing machine. Very fucked up. So, you know, you and I went through there and had a wonderful time. But, you know, I had to replace my clothes. I had to work the next morning, and I wasn't wearing fucking dress dinner clothes that I was wearing that night. So I had to find an open store. The only one open was Walmart, and it was Black Friday. Oh, my fucking God. I wasn't there to do Black Friday shopping. I was there to buy a few pairs of jeans and some shirts. I thought I walked into the middle of a goddamn war zone that didn't involve guns. <laughs> well, that's the way it is on a Black Friday. And if I can recall, too, Ooh. 
if I can recall, I remember whenever it was whenever one of us had a bad night, it's like we need to go drink some beer. Like the the, the day my grandma passed away, it's like you're like Billy, you need you need to go drink some beer. You yep. know, <laughs> time to hit up Fremont. Let's go, brother. Yeah, and then uh, now, but the, but that day I remember after, after we're we're done eating, we're gonna drink some beer because I'm in a pissed off mood. Beer and cigars. Yep. Yep. So that yeah, that's what that's how we killed our. That was our remedy right there. It was good cold beer and maybe a shot of Jack Daniels. That's but, still my remedy for most everything. Yeah. That uh, got. I'm, I'm trying to convince the doctors that you know that's a cure for a torn ACL and a stroke, but you know they don't seem to want to listen to that part. But uh, one thing I will never forget in the Christmas season is right here in Twin Falls, Idaho. And this was, um, this was uh, the uh, Christmas season of 1996 because uh, I, I came to this area because I was going to start college here. So that day I, I went to go take my, uh, what, SAT tests or whatever. And you were, uh, what, uh, at that time, 47? Uh, no, I was 22. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, after that, you know, uh, I was with my, my mother and my stepdad and we, uh, I took the test and then we decided to go do a little Christmas shopping. We pull up to Target and there were two very, very hot items that year. The Nintendo 64 and the dumbest item to ever get hot oh don't tell me it was the fucking that fish thing no it was tickle me elmo doll ah that was my second guess i was gonna say uh you know the billy bass the singing fish no i it was i my guess it was either that or tickle me elmo well and who who thought elmo was the one doing the tickling but but this we pull up to target and there are two women duking it out. I, and I mean, they're brawling each other over one of these things in front of Target because this lady had bought the last one. And so another lady got all pissed off. And, and so it's like, I'll fight you for it. Yeah, you have to wonder at that point. Were these two people, you know, literally on the verge or actually fist fighting? Because, you know, they wanted to give this item as a gift. Because even in 96, marking shit up and putting it on the internet because eBay was a thing then. Actually, eBay was just getting started, but... Uh, no, My point is, though, they were able to put it in for a huge markup to try to sell it and get a profit. It's just I'm like, wondering well, somebody if else. they were... Bought the last three Nintendo 64s. You know that son of a bitch was scalping. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, that's why they started putting product limits, you know, on a lot of Black Friday items. You know, limit one per customer and the cashiers would be like, nope. Just Which, that's a great idea. You know, I would, I'm very glad I was employed by Walmart for one whole day before I quit and took another job. Because I cannot imagine having to tell some 
stupid ghetto ass dickhead that I'm sorry, you can only have one of these because I'm about to get shot in the face if that happens. Or how about the, gee, once COVID started all the fucking toilet paper. That also, but I mean, you know, just the typical Black Friday shit. I mean, I can recall, you know, I, I don't typically do the Black Friday thing, especially now with the internet being what it is. All my Christmas shopping was done with point and click. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie. I did do Black Friday shopping and Cyber Monday shopping, but I did it with, you know, a fucking touch screen on my phone. And that was great. But the first time I did it here outside of Memphis in Northeast Arkansas, ironically enough, the Walmart was uh, in the town that I work now, Truman, Arkansas. Smaller Walmart, smaller town. My cousin asked that I would go with her. I wasn't even doing any real shopping. Couldn't get a cart, so we're pushing shit around the store. Her last item to grab was this George Foreman grill, and she took off to try to find a cart because, I mean, shit was stacked over my head. This guy comes up, and I remember this for two reasons. Number one, I almost got in a physical fist fight for shit that wasn't even mine. And two, the guy had the same name as me. <laughs> but this rather, uh, let's say, urban individual came up to me with my you know stack of shit and looked at the George Foreman grill and said, hey, you know, very polite at first. Hey, you know where those are at? I said, uh, yeah, I'm sorry they were right here, but they're gone now. And he was fine. The woman that was with him looked at him and looked at me and looked at him and said, Stephen, you ain't a fucking man if you don't take that shit from him. I went, wait. Okay, first off, I'm pretty sure this guy's name is Stephen, too. But then I looked at him and said, you really wanted to fucking do this? And thankfully, you know, cooler heads prevailed because he looked at me and said, no. And he looked at his woman and said, shut the fuck up. You got to be out of your goddamn mind. <laughs> oh, shit. It wasn't your fault. No, I, that's the thing is she was wanting him to fucking take the shit from me. I mean, I'm, and it wasn't even my fucking grill. I was holding shit for my cousin. I was just, you know, being the trained monkey that held on to the product while she fucking shopped. It's insane how people go through things for the holidays. And for what? But then again, I don't know, the, the sense of entitlement anymore. The, what the sense of entitlement has become. It's like, uh, I don't know if that happened today. Well, I see that there. I'm entitled to it because I, I was born with an arm growing out of my forehead and people have made fun of me my whole life, so I'm entitled to whatever I want. It doesn't even go that far. 
the sense of entitlement is now simply, I was born, I'm here, I want that, therefore it should be mine. You don't even need the fucking arm growing out of your forehead. You just have to be born today. <laughs> God. And that's the nice thing about, you know, online shopping. And obviously I'm I'm not a rich man, but and I have vast personal hatred of well, really, everything Jeff Bezos does. But I'm, you know, I'm not so much disagreeing with convenience and home delivery and pricing that I'm not going to lie and say I'm boycotting Amazon. Yeah, I hate what that man stands for, but I'm also an asshole putting money in his pocket because I'm an Amazon Prime member and I order shit because I like convenience and I get that in to a certain extent, I'm part of the problem there. <laughs> oh, but, but I'll own up to it. So I, I don't think you're going to be here for the Christmas special. So I, I just want to ask you something, um, something well, else. Well, first off, when is the Christmas special? It'll be that'll air on Christmas Day. So that's, that's All right, so when, when are you guys recording that? Uh, dur- during the week. So not everything's figured out. <laughs> I mean, if it's a night when you record it, maybe, but we'll see. Yeah. I just want I just want to shift gears a little bit here, um, even though I know this is your segment. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know if you've wa- fully watched The Walking Dead. I, I know I gave, I gave you access to my uh, AMC Plus, but uh, I had to change the password Shh. on that. Tell people that. Nah, I, I'll tell you. You're, you're not supposed to share stuff. Uh, oh, okay. Well, and, and actually, no, I, I never actually got around to watching the end. Um, I kind of had a few health issues and yeah. then got really busy with work. I still have like three episodes to catch up on. But uh, you got to be excited about what's coming up on uh, New Year's Eve on Netflix. Uh, which one is that? Cobra Kai season four. Oh, is that New Year's Eve? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I I haven't even seen the trailer. I heard it on okay uh, something I was listening to. But okay, well we got we got to get a live reaction from you. Give me just a moment here. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you the link to the trailer, and then uh. Oh, I won't even need that. Keep talking because I've got my TV on. Okay, yes. So as you're talking, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up the trailer. Okay, yeah. So Cobra Kai season four trailer. Let's get a live reaction from you while we can. Here we got about seven minutes left. So yeah. Now uh, while I'm looking for this, you know, we were you know obviously talking about Christmas madness, but I also want to talk about Christmas in general. Because, I mean, I get that, you know, the typical tagline is, oh, Christmas is, you know, so commercialized. And to an extent, I agree with that because I actually, 
I agree. I over the past few years, I've gotten really a lot smaller. Well, you know what? Cr Christmas has been commercialized long before either one of us were born. Right, but it's gotten a lot larger and a lot, over the years. Oh yeah, I mean, God, since what maybe the twenties or so, and then. Yep. Yeah, and I, and I get that. Quite frankly, I, I just I don't get it because <laughs> I don't know. I mean, hey, I used to be all about getting the be, biggest and no, best. No, be, th think uh, from the uh, point of view of a business owner. It's, a, it's an opportunity to make some fucking money. Oh, and from, you know, a capitalistic standpoint, absolutely. I just, quite frankly, I'm tired of spending so much fucking money on it <laughs> that I've taken to giving smaller, more personalized gifts to the greater family at large. My okay, here we go. Yeah, so, so now we're going to get Steven. Harry Silver, oh my god. Now we're talking. <laughs> you missed this, don't you? Wow, Thomas Dean Griffin got really fucking old. Just let me shoot this man. Defeat the enemy. Show me wax on, wax on. It helps to know the enemy's playbook. Balance is crucial. Man can't stand. He can't fight. Daniel LaRusso. Yeah. And does anybody remember Friday Kid 3 and Promise and Rivers severe overacting in that? It was spectacularly bad. That it was good. Their way is the only way. You, my dad, Cobra Kai. You know, oddly enough, I'm not having a New Year's Eve party, so I know what I'm doing on New Year's Eve. I seriously am watching fucking Cobra Kai. Oh, that is just spectacular. That is uh, amazing. You know what, though, I I think yeah. Um, I'll still be I'll still uh, be going somewhere New Year's Eve night because I think once the clock strikes midnight on December thirtieth, it's ready. Well, in my case, uh, New Year's Eve day, I I have to work that day anyway. I'm oh. off New Year's Day, obviously, uh, and I believe the day after, so I can truly nurse a hangover. Uh, just 
currently don't have plans for New Year's Eve. That might change, but I don't really want any. I'm old now. I, I'm content to leave amateur night to the amateurs. Uh, but uh, what you just saw there, um, yeah, you did see Johnny doing wax on, wax off, and he is on the balance beam in there, and uh, and then you saw Daniel doing a bit of uh, old-fashioned Johnny Lawrence training and doing push-ups on his knuckles, which... Not to mention new school Cobra Kai training, throwing punches from a, uh, at a at baseball's launch from a pitching machine, which was fucking awesome. I never yeah. thought to put that in. Well, that well, show is just fantastic. Well, you saw the very end. They said this this uh, will revolutionize the tournament. So what I think is going to happen, and this is one of the big predictions, and I'm on board with this, is I think in the tournament, not in a, not in a side street fight, but in the tournament we're going to see Johnny Lawrence against John Kreese and Daniel LaRusso against Terry Silver. Or vice versa. Yeah. It, it could be Johnny versus Terry and Daniel versus Kreese. Either one of those options work very much for me. And I'm, I I just I have a feeling too uh, a lot of this is another Small, smaller prediction is that uh, Johnny Lawrence is going to say something smart ass to Terry Silver like your ponytail sucks. I can see that, <laughs> definitely. Because they have never met until this season. So far as we know, anyway. No, no, he's never met Terry Silver. No, I mean, they're, they may show some kind of flashback or something to show that they met, but... As far as we know, at this point, they've never met. Because we've never seen it on screen. Yeah. Um, okay. How much time do we have left? Actually, we are out of time. Oh, shit. Oh, well, I was going to guess my uh, spoiler-free Spider-Man No Way Home review, because I saw that last night. Oh, go ahead. So we have a little bit the, of time. The spoiler review, free review, is this. If you are a fan of Marvel movies, Spider-Man in general... Go see this fucking movie. It's long. It's uh, about two and a half hours. You will not be bored. I'm a smoker. A pretty heavy one, Billy can attest to, because he can see me on the screen here. I didn't even need to get up for a cigarette or anything. I had to piss for the last half of the movie. I didn't get up to do that. I held it. It's that good. Go see it. All right. So, yeah, we are definitely out of time. On tap uh, next week, uh, when Outlaw Radio will air on Christmas Day with the Christmas special, I will be joined by Bo C. out of Ohio, a, a personal friend of mine who's going through some rough times and he's writing some songs about it. I'll be joined by retired Colonel Chris Wyatt, who's going to educate me a little bit uh, since, uh, you know, he's traveled the world and seen Christmas in different cultures. Yeah, so that will be interesting. I'm going to end. And obviously, if I'm available at the time that that's recording, I'll be there to join that. But if not, I wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year's. Absolutely. So we're going to end the show with Trans-Siberian Orchestra and Christmas Cannon Rock, probably my, my favorite Christmas song. One of my personal favorites. Yes. Well, thank you very much for tuning in to Outlaw Radio, and I will be back next week.
Merry Christmas. Are you tired of modern pop music that sounds like a dog fucking a squeaky toy? Well, that's why you're listening to Outlaw Radio. We tell bad bed music to piss up a rope. We give you our opinions, and if a fight breaks out, so fucking what? This is Outlaw Radio.
Hey everyone, Bad Billy here. Do you own a business? Or perhaps you're in a band. Or maybe you run a radio show or podcast. Whatever you do, you want to market your brand with custom-made apparel. Look no further than fresh-baked tees. T-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, caps, beanies, koozies, banners, and even masks. You can get them all custom-made from fresh-baked tees. Prices are reasonable and negotiable. Simply go to freshbakedtees.com, submit your logo, and place your order today. Support Outlaw Radio and friends and buy some cool stuff in the store section of outlawradioabs.com. Get Outlaw Radio t-shirts and hats in the CTM store, a service of Caravan to Midnight. Find items to help make your life easier and better, including the new Eden nutritional support system. Check out We the People holsters, made in America by gun nerds who are not afraid to support and stand up for their Second Amendment rights. Click on the We the People holsters banner in the Outlaw Radio store. Get the best night sleep in the whole wide world and more with Mike Lindell's My Pillow pillows and other products. Click on the My Pillow banner in the Outlaw Radio store, use promo code OUTLAW and save up to 66%. Visit My Patriot Supply and purchase buckets of food with a 25-year shelf life. In the Cranked Up Coffee Shop, a service of Cranked Up Live, entertain your taste buds with coffee that even the aficionados love. Visit outlawradioabs.com and click on the store link. A service of Outlaw Radio and AOW Productions. You've heard the phrase, America's most loved brands. And what exactly did our loyalty to some of those most loved brands get us? I'll tell you what, money and lots of it. For organizations and their ideologies that directly conflict with American core values and the American way of life. Enter Etruzu.com, a place for patriots to buy and sell. You can open your own online store for as little as $25 per month and grow your business as big as you want. Buy from patriots and sell to patriots. Everything from ordinary household items to absolutely anything that's available from companies that do not have our country's best interests at heart. With Etruzu.com, you know who you're buying from and you know who you're selling to. Let's make your brand one of America's most loved. Get started at etruzu.com. E T R U Z O O.com. Etruzu, a place where patriots buy and sell. Mark your calendar and make plans now to experience Highway 30 Music Fest 2022, June 22nd, 23rd, 24th, and 25th at the Twin Falls Fairgrounds in Filer, Idaho. Take the whole family and enjoy good food and drink, country music, Americana music, rock and red dirt. Artists performing include Colby Cooper, Lainey Wilson, Ellie Mae Mellencamp, Cliff Miller, Austin English, The Steel Woods, Shane Smith and the Saints, Sam Riggs, and more. Sponsors of Highway 30 Music Fest 2022 include Bud Light, Falls Brand Independent Meat Company, Snake River Pool and Spa, and 95.7 KEZJ, Southern Idaho's new country. Have a great time while helping organizations and families in need. Highway 30 Music Fest will take place rain or shine. That's Highway 30 Music Fest 2022, June 22nd, 23rd, 24th, and 25th at the Twin Falls Fairgrounds in Filer, Idaho. To order tickets and for more information, visit hwy30musicfest.com. 
Hi, it's the big voice guy. The one who intros and promos the show you're listening to right now. Hi, my name is Jim Hunt. I voice for a growing list of internet and terrestrial radio stations, podcasts, and businesses. I'd love to spread the word about yours, too. No matter if the message is serious or silly. Whether you want the delivery to be hard-hitting, voice of authority, or conversational, warm, and fuzzy. From fully produced station imaging and commercials to custom phone system messages on hold and IVR prompts, voiceovers for computer games to narrations for presentations, even post-production audio editing and audio cleanup services. Yeah, I do them too. I'm your guy. I do business as Jim Hunt voiceovers and audio services. My rates are reasonable and negotiable because I love internet radio too. Visit my website, jimhuntvo.com. I'm Jim Hunt, at your service. Put my voice and audio production skills to work for you. Let's do this. You have been listening to Outlaw Radio. Be sure to leave your feedback by calling 208-957-7016. All feedback is played and replied to on the show. Visit our official website at outlawradioabs.com. Outlaw Radio is a presentation of AOW Productions.